and welcome to another week of Megan Fun of Sports. I am Megan Gailey, joined by where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> Megan Connolly, where are you? I am in no, I'm in Greenwich, Connecticut, but I'm okay. working in Stamford, staying in Greenwich in a beautiful hotel. Oh wow, really? Or is that sorry? <laughs> no, no, no. Serious. This is a, oh, okay, a, a very, a very beautiful hotel. But one of the weird things is the hotel bar shut down during COVID and has yet to reopen and neither has the restaurant. So you are required if you want food in the hotel to do room service. And then okay. they charge you a $5 delivery fee. I don't think well, it's COVID. I think it's the, the yeah, extra dough. There's also hotels that I've stayed at that are like, we're not doing room service because of COVID. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like they're all just like, yeah, I'm that's what me, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm not going to lose my baby weight because of COVID. Um, we can just make up whatever <laughs> things we want now and blame it on COVID. So I love it. I'm all for it. Let's do it. I mean, COVID fucked up our life for two years. So, I mean, and it continues to do it stuff, continues. so. It continues. Um, okay. Megan, I, you know, we were texting before this, you're drained. My husband has been letting me sleep. So I'm riding high. Um, I took almost a three hour nap yesterday while the nanny was here. I feel wow. like, and I got my nails done. I'm going to a concert tonight. It's like, I'm, am I a deadbeat mother? You make parenting look desirable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Good. Well, today was an exciting day because when I turned on ESPN this morning, I started to see all of the football headlines. Oh, and I yeah. know it's a bit premature, but you're seeing the players in their pads, not pads, just the shirts and yeah. the shorts out onto the field. Pads come on in a couple of days. Had me so excited about football season, about fantasy football, about betting on football, about not the Patriots, but the rest of the league. Yeah. And the, and as grownups, we don't have to be like, oh, no, it's football season. That means back to school. We don't ever have to go to school again. So we just get the benefits <laughs> of football season without the orientation of going back to school. But that's like the vibe, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, summer's coming to an end. And you and I both live in warm weather places, so it like doesn't matter to us. Yeah, this is a little life hack for all of you who dread the end of summer. Just move. Move. You yeah. have to move because then you never have to deal with summer ending and you can make your own summer. Make your beach, right? Choose your beach. I mean, find your beach. I just messed up Corona's headline, but find your beach. Move. The, re the reality is in 10 years, even cold weather places are going to be summer all the time. You know? So... Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the positive of ignoring climate change. Okay. So Megan, you're on the road. You've been doing a lot. It was your birthday last week. You, it was my birthday. The big two I eight. Can, I cannot believe we didn't spend an entire episode dedicated to your birthday. Um, you were in Boston. I was seeing incredible seafood. Oh. Yes. Went to this wonderful place. If you're in the New England area, you should make a trip to Duxbury, Massachusetts and go to Island Creek Oysters. They have this raw bar that's right mm. on the water. Ooh. And then you can actually, it's an oyster farm. So you could take a tour of the farm if you want to. We did so not. Cheers. We just sat and had beers and oysters. And I had a hot dog with caviar. Wow. Which I've never had before, but it was a great combination. I don't think I've ever had caviar. I, I mean, I think I've had it like 
maybe as a tiny garnish on like sushi, but I mm-hmm. don't believe I've ever had like, you know, the scoop and the cracker and all of that. Was it delicious? It was, it was really, really good. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. If you're in Boston, head to Duxbury and go to Island Creek Oyster Farm. That's what I did for my birthday. Okay. So it was a great birthday. Mm-hmm. A plus. I- in all of this um, birthday glow, were you able to run across a moron for your moron of the week? I was, and I'm going to dedicate my moron of the week to our boss, Cousin Sal. <gasps> I am blaming this whole fiasco on Sal. So Thursday morning, flying to Boston, mm-hmm. I had a connecting flight in Philly, and I like to read my Kindle on my iPad when I'm Me on too. the plane. Okay. So I pretty much exclusively read memoirs, which is something I'm not sure if it's a good thing about myself or a bad thing, but I read a lot of memoirs. So I was just finishing up Tina Fey's book. Okay. Very funny. Enjoyed it. Easy read. And when we stopped in Philly, I bought myself another book on Kindle and I thought I downloaded it, but I didn't. So when I got on the plane, I had nothing to read. So I'm looking through my Kindle library and I bought a long time ago, our boss cousin Sal's book, Okay, which is called, you can't lose them all. Okay. So I started to read Sal's book and I'm glad I waited to read it until I really got to know Sal and his friends and Harry and the against all odds guys, because it just makes all of the stories that much funnier. So I'm reading his book. I'm laughing out loud. I'm reading about how Harry lost 52 pounds heading into Super Bowl 52 because Sal (laughs) bet him $5,200. And so I'm texting Sal. I'm like, I'm dying laughing on this plane. He's sending me a picture of Harry who looks so thin and he's holding all of the cash. I'm having a great time on this plane. And then I hit a point where I was like, you know what? I've read enough today. I'm going to put the book down. So I put the iPad in the backseat pocket oh, no. and I fly every week and I've never done something like this, yeah, but I, I left going. the iPad on the plane and I am blaming this exclusively on Sal. As you should. It's his fault. I texted him about it. It's his fault. And he replied, I told you, you can't lose them all, which is the title of the book. <laughs> and it's such a great response. I was like, God do it, Sal. So Sal is my moron of the week. The good news is American Airlines, they have the iPad. It okay. wrote back to my home. So no harm, no foul, but I did Great. pretty dumb. I'm blaming uh, it on Sal. It's not my fault. It was my um, birthday. It can't be my fault on my birthday. I did something so bad once. I left my laptop in the like TSA bin in Australia. You didn't get that one back, did you? I did. Oh, you did? I got it back. I, and I was having to like, w- I was having to like wake up in the middle of the night to like call them because of the time change. Like I kept trying to call them and it would like, they'd be like, call back at this certain time. And I was like, okay, that's like 3 a.m. our time. And so I was having to get up in the middle of the night to call them. They did have it and they sent it to me. I had to pay for the shipping and stuff, but it was like, I got all the way, and I had had a traumatic trip in Australia. Um, and I got back to America and like, right as I was taking my carry on down, I was like, I don't think I have my, like, I, I, I didn't even need to look. I just was like, I didn't, I didn't grab my laptop. Oh, you realized um, it right then I lost it Thursday. Didn't realize till Sunday. 
oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay. Listen, we're busy women. We're busy yeah. women. Okay. I mean, my screen time is down for the week. I guess that's a plus. That's right. That's right. right. Um, my Who's your moron? Of, my moron of the week is, you know, the, the, we're back out in the world, whether <laughs> things are, need to be or not. And so I've been back doing comedy shows. And this was something that I heard other people complain about a lot. Male comedians hugging. Like a lot of hu- And like now you haven't seen people. And so there's a lot of hugs. Um, and there's certain people I do want to hug. And let me tell you, there's certain people I don't want to hug. And the certain people I don't want to hug always are coming in hot for the hug. And Mm -hmm. it's like now post the germs of COVID that we know about and just the germs of life. Like we have seen things we can't unsee. Remember when they were showing just droplets in the air um, to tell us like how gross the world was. And it's like, I don't want to hug some of you fuckers. I just (laughs) don't. And like, I love to hug truly like I would would like be on a show being like I'm a hugger like it's like I'm not even against <laughs> hugging but it's like you gotta let someone initiate the hug like if you're nasty and and a lot of people that are nasty don't know they're nasty if you're nasty and I didn't shower yesterday so who am I but like you <laughs> not initiate the hug if you think maybe you're on the edge of being nasty so did you have an unwanted hugging experience tons tons <sighs> We need to come up with a, a social etiquette around hugging. I'm big on that airplane etiquette. I think we could develop a hugging etiquette as well. I, I thought in a post Me Too era, it was going to be like women initiate, you know, mm-hmm. um, because you hear men be like, you can't even shake hands with women. And it's like, I have men fully hugging me. So they didn't get that memo. Um, mm. So I think female initiated, but then also in a, in a post-COVID era, it's like, you know, maybe... I was going to say if it's someone you hugged before, then you're good yeah. to go. But it's like, there's people I used to hug that I don't want to hug anymore. <laughs> I get that. Um, we're going to get to sports. I promise everybody. And we're going to get to Eddie's more of the week. But just, I was thinking of you this weekend because I was at a wedding and almost every wedding I've gone to since COVID, whoever is officiating the wedding will always throw in this little line. And if they survived a global pandemic, Mm-hmm. Their marriage will be no problem. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. just like us to take note of this now. And 10 years from now, Thank also you. take note of the divorce rate. Thank because you. I think they're lying to us. I yes. think the global pandemic part, I don't think it's going to impact. I think the divorce rate is going to keep going up. So just a little note there. If you're going to officiate a wedding, um, let's leave out the COVID thing. Just, I, you know, just a thought. I a hundred percent agree. I think what's actually happening is there's, there's going to, cause I go, listen, don't say that because my first year of marriage as was yours was in the global pandemic. And it's like, I'm going to need, if we get divorced in 10 years, God willing, I hope we don't. I love my husband so much. He's my mensch. Let me get to that. I'm like, maybe there's cracks in everyone's foundations. That's what mm-hmm. COVID did. And the house is going to fully fall down in 10 years. Yeah, I think before we make those definitive statements that if they survived a global pandemic, they can survive marriage. We should have a little bit more data on this before we go off saying it to all everybody's loved ones. Grandma's front row. Let's take it easy. Okay, Eddie, hit us with your moron. 
luckily don't have any Marns this week. I, I I guess I was like inside a lot. Didn't really go on my phone too much. So I was like, I was uh, void of all that. I do have a mensch though. Okay. Um, so I'll kick that off. And it's funny that Megan, you brought up Sal. Sal's like 50% of my mensch. Cause it was Mike and meatballs birthday, uh, on Sunday night. So Sal brought us out uh, a few of the extra point staffers. And so they both get the mensch of the week meatballs. The, this network would not be what it was, but the whole work he does behind the scenes, uh, he's an A plus, uh, guy and then Sal obviously the same to him uh, for bringing us out for a nice Italian dinner in El Segundo that was a lot of fun so those two guys get the mention of the week Ooh, was the food good? Awesome. It was hand-rolled pasta. Sal wanted to do some Italian food, um, which I don't eat a ton. This sounds like the most typical, like, as a New Yorker and I'm in L.A., I'm like, I'm very picky, choosy, like, which pizza, which pasta. I have to really be sold on it to do it. And this place, uh, I have heard uh, ahead of time that it was really good. So I I was looking forward to it. And the food was really good, did not disappoint. So, like I said, it was uh, was a grand old time with with the fellas. And we are already in the planning process. We just found out weeks ago that Harry, Sal, Mikey Meatballs, and I all have birthdays within three weeks of each other. So next year, get ready. This is when we can get Sal to rent the Malibu house for the big birthday bash. Joint party. And we'll have... um, I was going to say Mario Batali, but I think he got canceled. (laughs) I think he got soft canceled, soft canceled. So maybe we can get him at a reduced rate, though. Okay, so we'll bring Mario Batali in the group for all of us. Okay, my mention of the week. Okay, as I mentioned, it's my husband. See this Rick Smith's jersey over my shoulder. He keeps bringing just really incredible finds into our house. Now, I tweeted about this shirt I'm wearing a few days ago, but I wanted to bring it to this show since this is my sports platform. Let me throw my... Okay, now what we have here is (laughs) Reggie Miller and Peyton Manning about to, I think, fist bump. It almost looks like they're holding hands from a distance. Mm -hmm. Reggie... Reggie, you see Peyton, for some reason, his is backwards. Um, So it's like kind of a mirror image of it. And then it has the skyline of Indianapolis with Indiana with the Pacers and Colts logo. Now, people have been like, where do you even find a shirt this beautiful? And CJ, he, he has a true gift. He can find truly anything and brings me such treats. Um, I think he got this for himself and then it didn't fit. And so I get a lot of the (laughs) hand-me-downs and I just, I love this shirt so much. I made our nanny take a picture of me wearing it. (laughs) Cause I was like, this is the most beautiful shirt I've ever seen in my life. It really is beautiful. My husband also does the same thing with the sports shirts. He'll buy me the ones of my favorite athletes. But my issue with them is they always come in the men's sizes. And there's really no way to make it look cute. Yeah, I just, um, I like the men's sizes right now. (laughs) Well, no, I love wearing it around the house. But then when I try to like be that trendy girl with the t-shirt, I'm never great at it. What if you did a biker short, you know, like a Princess Diana? We could you know, like an, an oversized shirt with like a a, a tight um, biker short. I think that would look awesome on you. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. I do love that shirt. So your husband is the mensch. He is the finder of all things good sports t-shirts. We should yeah. connect him with Babyface Joel Solomon, who's part of the Extra Points crew. Oh, because he CJ also and Joel, they go way back. CJ oh. and Joel know each other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. from their t-shirt days. 
<laughs> from the from the t-shirt blog. <laughs> t-shirt blog. Do you have a mensch this week? Um think so okay. I, think I'm, I think I'm good on the mensch part I I mean I've had a I've had a week I did Boston I did Maine for the wedding I did New York um oh flight you know flight issues in New York walked through New York New York in the summer is just just gross Lots well, there's of, also a heat wave yeah it it really smells like piss oh it smells like shit too yeah and um now I'm in Connecticut back in Orlando then Atlanta Nashville so I am all over the place I haven't um I haven't feel like I haven't interacted with many though uh so maybe that's the yeah Yeah. it's tough it's tough with the mensch but I do want to get to my favorite story of the week okay and um it has to do with Boston so on Friday night those who were not attending Friday night SmackDown at the TD garden were at Fenway park to attend the Boston Red Sox against the Toronto blue Jays and Sydney Sweeney, who I love. She yeah. was in white Lotus. She has a Netflix show and she's probably she's most in famous euphoria. for her role in euphoria. Sorry. And <laughs> like such a mom. Oh, <laughs> she's outstanding. Um, she's got a great rack. Wow. Yeah. Great rack. We can talk about that here. The yeah. men, they can't talk about outstanding. Standing rack, and apparently it's all natural. Which yeah, I know. I, even I, if it wasn't, I, I think it is. It. Yeah, and is yeah. she from Boston? I don't know her relation with Boston, oh, okay. but she—I don't believe she's from Boston. Okay. But she threw out the first pitch. Um, looked really cute. Her jean shorts, Red Sox jersey, sneakers on. Um, in the video I saw, they didn't cut to if she bounced it or not. Oh, they okay. just showed her pitching motion, which she looked great. Um, throws out the first pitch. I think this is a big get for a first pitch, no matter what team you are. I know the Red Sox are up there high, the Yankees as well, White Sox down low. <clears throat> I'm available. Anyways, um, then the Red Sox go on to suffer their worst loss since 19. 19- 23 oh my and there God. were tweets surfacing all over the internet that Sydney Sweeney put a curse on the Boston Red Sox and, and like uh, I don't even understand how the person who threw out the first pitch gets thrown into who put a curse on it. it's like seems like the players put a curse on it by playing terribly yeah um, but it was, it was pretty bad. There was actually a former coworker that I invited to come to Friday night SmackDown opted to go to the Red Sox game instead. And that was a mistake. Wow. <laughs> Have you been dragging them since? A little bit, but I did feel sorry. My good friend who I used to intern with, um, in college, he was filling in to do play by play for the Red Sox on Nessun oh. that night. And I asked him after the Riddle. game. I was like, what did you talk about? He was like, that was the most difficult broadcast I've ever done. In my life. Yeah. Cause it's like, you do need to sort of like keep the energy up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like, ho hum. Okay. Eddie is letting us know that Sydney is from Spokane, Washington, a place that I have done comedy multiple times that I actually really love. Um, I shouldn't have said actually like that. I just think people think of like Seattle and it's like, there's some really great places in Washington. The Red Sox lost 28 to five after Sydney Sweeney threw out this first pitch. And you said that that was the worst since 1923. 
That's correct. Okay, so this is what's difficult about baseball. It's been around so long. And so, you know, when the Cubs had the 108-year curse, like in, in football and basketball, it's like, oh, that was the worst since the 70s. And, like, that's obviously a long time. But, like, I think us as um, women who are aging are like, the 70s was yesterday. 1923, it's like, that's... that's pre the great depression it's it's yeah i mean baseball that's why they call it america's pastime right it's been around forever i also think it's really interesting getting back to sydney sweeney eddie just informed us she was born in idaho no raised in idaho raised born in in spokane spokane raised in idaho moved to la yeah i didn't know they made women that look like that in idaho Oh, yeah. That's the thing. If you go, this is what I've learned from traveling, doing comedy. You will go to these towns and you will see hot women who have never left the town and they are married to their high school sweetheart who has not aged well. And it's like, girl, if you had gone one other place, you would be Sydney Sweeney. Like that's the th- it's like she got out of Idaho and went to L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Big Hooter, big Hooters all over this country. Wow. I mean, I, they just don't make them like that outside of Idaho, I guess, but good for Sydney Sweeney. I mean, I think the Red Sox are due for a curse, you know, it, w- it will make it more entertaining. I know everybody who's a Boston fan talks about 2004 and how it was so unbelievable, but then since then they've been so spoiled. So mm-hmm. it's time to come back down to earth. You're going to have the Sydney Sweeney curse. And mm-hmm. the best part about a curse is you got to break it at some point. So it will make it more entertaining. So you should all be thanking Sydney Sweeney. Yeah, absolutely. Don't put this on Sydney Sweeney. I'm like, if this was some unknown Boston, like fish mongerer, I don't think they'd be blaming him. Um, when I, the last Dodgers game, I went to Saweetie throughout the first pitch. Oh, and um, because Sweeney's. Girl. I didn't realize she is half Filipino. And so that's, it was Filipino heritage night. So that's why sweetie was doing it. And like, Oh my God, she had these long, gorgeous nails. The midriff was out. The booty was popping. Um, it just, it's so funny to see the photos afterwards of who these pitch throwers are with the players. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, they, Mookie seemed to like when sweetie was there. Um, but yeah, I, I do love like a fun, famous gal because we've seen so many, Remember when Fauci threw out a pitch and it was like so bad. Don't mean to drag Fauci. Um, But it's like, yeah, men, women, children, old, young, you can mess up a pitch. Um, So I love when just like a woman in heels nails it. Yeah. And also, you know that you're throwing out this pitch. It's not like they called you day up. Well, you You get out there and practice. Oh, my God. I would be practicing for I would be like, no, you got to give me a date later. And I then, don't even have a date and I'm practicing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, I flew in. I, I'll pay I'm all, here. all expenses paid. I'll take the red line. I'm there. Okay. I've been flying into Chicago every week just in case they need backup, you know, especially with COVID people cancel all the time. I am available. I keep saying it on the show available and I, I won't put we- a curse on your team. No, 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 absolutely not. They're your team. Maybe that's the thing. It's like the Red Sox should learn that they need to have people with ties to the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, okay. 
So staying in Boston, actually, there has been a lot of NBA trade news. Mm -hmm. Um, So it looks like a a destination, the spot that Kevin Durant wants to go to is the Boston Celtics. And the Brooklyn Nets have asked for a lot, seemingly too much because the trade has not happened yet. Um, They wanted Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Yeah, so the Celtics initially offered Jalen Brown, Derek White, and like another bench player, which is a haul. I mean, Jalen Brown is their young star. He's he's still developing. He's still growing. He's not Tatum, but I mean, his ceiling is very high. Yeah. And he was a huge part of Boston's run to the NBA Finals. And so Boston offers Brown, Derek White, and whoever else is on the bench. The Nets come back and they counter with, we want Jalen Brown and we want Marcus Smart and we want more, which Boston says, no way. Mm -hmm. So now we wait and see what happens. But what my concern is, Jalen Brown's been in a lot of trade rumors since he's been in Boston. A lot of trade rumors. If this doesn't happen, how is Jalen Brown going to in Boston culturally knowing that the front office is willing to deal him at any moment now I understand it because it's Kevin Durant but still no it doesn't feel good and as you said Tatum he's not up for it um Jalen Brown tweeted during all of this SMH shaking my head um so he's letting us know like his feelings are hurt or he thinks this is crazy um you know, you live with a Celtics fan. Do they, do they want this? Like, is this gonna, is this gonna get done? Or is this one of those things where it's like, now the Celtics have just kind of burned the bridge with Jalen Brown for a deal that may not even happen. So I called my husband this morning and I asked him about this. I said, how do you you. feel about, about the situation? He is our resident Celtics expert. And he said, I mean, it's Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Mm. Durant. Yeah, it's a win now move. The Celtics just went to the finals. How do you win a championship? You get somebody like Kevin Durant, but then you look at it like, okay, they did something similar with Kyrie Irving and it kind of all blew up in their face. They were able to resurrect it and continue to grow under Tatum and Brown. But I feel like if this Kevin Durant situation doesn't work out, you could end up in big trouble if you're Boston, but you could also end up with another title. So I think Celtics fans, if you get Kevin Durant on your team, you got to be thrilled. Anybody gets Kevin Durant on their team, you got to be thrilled. But Jalen Brown, he's like, we just swept these guys in the playoffs. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can't make him feel good. Um, in other NBA news, it looks like Kemba Walker's probably going to head back to Charlotte. I have true like NBA free agency fatigue. I've been saying this for about this one. I mean, Kemba, does does his knee work? I mean, I'm sorry. I like Kemba too, but he's, he he can't play like he used to. Yeah. I mean, the, the reason that these two stories even piqued my interest at all is because I think they're both hunks. Um, and big Kemba fan. Yeah. I think Kemba's a hunk and I think he looks great in that, like, you know, um, teal that they do and i think jalen brown is a hunk and has had the glow up of the century because we saw him as a teen and and i thought oh this looks like a a dorky mathlete um so two hunks that's how you keep me interested in nba news right now just hot men there are so many i go i listen i'm an nba fan i i watch I would say more games than the average American and they're throwing out names. CJ's like Bobby two tones got traded. And I'm like, who are these people? 
I don't, there's too many of them. Well, speaking of NBA news, and I texted you this, I think it's going to be doable, but Andrew and I are actively trying to run into Paolo Bancaro in yep. Orlando. And I yep. think it's, it's going to happen because Orlando's pretty small and there's only a couple like sceny spots. Yep. And so we went to one of the sceny spots on Wednesday and we were like, <laughs> oh, I wonder if Paolo will be here. This is the type of place that you would run into Paolo. And we're just kind of people watching. And then he says to me, Paolo's 19. Oh. I was like, you're right. But I feel like if Paolo Bancaro showed up at a bar in Orlando and just showed them their ID, they'd be like, yep, go ahead. But maybe I'm overestimating how interested they are in the magic. Maybe people in Orlando yeah. are like, who? You're not Mickey. You're not famous here. And <laughs> Mickey Mouse, I think, meant Mickey Rourke. Um, and also, like, he's going to stick out, too. So it's like they're going to get in trouble if they let him in. I think you got to go to one of those, like, nice steakhouses. Isn't there, like, a Fleming's in Orlando? Yeah, they got a Fleming's. There's, like, a legendary place, Linda's, that's been open for, like, 70 years. But I think that's an old people place. But it's been open for 70 years. Good job for Linda's. I, I would hit up that Fleming's, which I... I think I blacked out at that Fleming's in Orlando. Yeah, I almost missed my drink around the world. Oh, was so drunk. I had just finished shooting two days at a water park and then, um, yeah, just really let loose with the crew, um, at that Fleming's. But yeah, I, I think like the, the fancy restaurants, that's where, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, I know the age to get in bars is 21, but if you are a famous NBA player, I would be, if I was, if I was a legislator, um, I would pass that bill. If you're a famous NBA player, you can get in at 18. I think he's going to be in Winter Park because Orlando Fleming's too many tourists. People would recognize him. He goes to Winter Park. It's like the uppity area of Orlando, local establishment. Less people locally will recognize him because, let's face it, less people in Orlando care about sports. They'll just see a tall guy, though. You know, like, that's the thing. You see a tall guy. Even people that don't like sports are like, who's that tall guy? Um, I bet he's somebody. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then we will go NFL, NFL, NFL. Okay, we are back. Are you ready for some football? I am ready for football, but the biggest question, is Kyler Murray ready for some football? Because his new contract came out this week, $230 million, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the clause that's in his contract that he needs to study film for four hours a week or he'll lose money. Yes. Um, So people are saying that this contract actually raises more questions than it does answers. Um, I feel bad for him in a sense that these details are out. Um, It's a $230.5 million deal. 160 million of it is guaranteed. And he needs to complete four hours of what they're calling quote unquote, independent study, which sounds like a college class. Um, It is defined in the contract as time spent outside of team meetings, reviewing material provided by the team on an iPad or other such device and does not count any time in which Murray is not focused solely on studying. This is the best part. He will not receive credit for independent study if he's not studying or reviewing material while it is being played, engaged in other activities while he's watching TV. So they have a like monitor set up inside of this so they can see 
what he's doing. He doesn't have to do it during the bye week. And um, he doesn't have to do it. It says um, excluding the bye week during playing season. Yeah, so he just doesn't have to do it during the bye week. He gets a week off in the bye week like everybody else. But does this raise more questions about Kyler Murray or does this raise more questions about ownership? I think it makes Kyler Murray look really bad. Um, And I'm wondering if that was the intention because it it makes you believe that he's not studying film. Um, And the fact that like, they're like, it must be on your iPad. You can't be game. It's like, these are rules that like I got when I was a nanny for the kids. Like these are so embarrassing. And it's, I I did not know that this was one of the knocks on him. I thought the knock on him was size. And it's like, you know, he's so mobile. He can do incredible things, but is he just too small? I mean, you, everyone knows that I love when they have the little Ted doll running. So it's like, it's, I did not know that it, that part of the critique was, game preparation and so maybe it wasn't even but now it's out there and it's being reported on and all the reporting is saying that this is unprecedented and they've never seen anything like this before i'm just confused because we know that their relationship has been rocky at best and when i say they i mean kyler murray and i mean the arizona cardinals Cardinals. instagram deletes and you know the stuff of high school relationships And this sort of sounds like a high school parent monitoring what their kid does. Eat your vegetables, lower the screen time. We have parental controls. You have to do this. You have to do this. It kind of actually sounds like when I was in college and we had study tables. Yeah. We all had to go over and study. And no one studied because it was you were hanging out in the library with all your friends. It was just like a student athlete social hour. Well, and and. It also like, so this is the leader of your team. This is the face of the franchise, your quarterback. You just gave him 160 guaranteed. So what does it say about the organization that they're willing to invest all that money and really made this happen? Like when he deleted all of the Instagram posts, the the GM was out there being like, no, we want Kyler. The owner was like, no, we want him. So it's like, you want him, but you're also kind of at the same time sending a message that he's not adult in his preparation. Yeah, it's, it's it's confusing because he's also, with his new contract, the only quarterback that's making more money than him is Aaron Rodgers. So why would you give this money to somebody that you clearly don't have faith in? Yeah. And it's four hours a week. Right, that's not even, like, the reporting is like, yes, yeah, some quarterbacks do that in a day, which he very well may. Like, that's the thing. The optics of it are making it look like, even like if I got a contract um, from Megan Fun of Sports, and it was like, hey, Megan, Gailey, you can't eat 27 cheeseburgers in one day. That's in your contract. And so then everyone, everyone outside of here goes, well, I guess Megan Gailey was eating 27 cheeseburgers in one day. Don't tempt me. No, just kidding. You gave me that look like, um. No, once I said it, I was like, could I? No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. But I love cheeseburgers. <laughs> I don't know who's in the right or who's in the wrong here. I'd be curious to hear what Kyler Murray's teammates think about him and his yeah. preparation for these I, games. I, I honestly think this is going to be a major topic of training camp. And at some point, someone in the organization is going to have to clarify and go, oh, this is just something that 
uh, I don't know, an accountant told us to put I don't, like a forensic account. Some They're going to need to justify why it's in there. And they're going to also probably have to walk back that it's making Kyler look bad because by making Kyler look bad, they're making themselves look bad too. I agree. Uh, okay. Elsewhere in the NFL, the Los Angeles Rams got their Super Bowl rings. And my favorite girl, Kelly Stafford, Whoa. stole the show. As she does. Instagram post. She had a wonderful picture of the Super Bowl ring herself, maybe a quarter or a sliver (laughs) of of her husband's face, of Matthew Stafford's face, and then just her rack out. And the caption was something along the lines of, we look good together. And they did. She wasn't lying. They looked great together. I love Kelly Stafford. Thank you for posting this. You're the best. Oh, boy. So congrats to everyone in the Rams organization. Um, Also, so Tyreek Hill was on first take yesterday wearing what can only be described as like ski goggles um, for sunglasses. Does the producer say, hey, can you take those off? Or do they they're just like, we have Tyreek. We're letting him wear whatever he wants. I think when you're Tyreek Hill, you can wear whatever you want. Also, he probably is like, it's sunny in Miami. You know, and then what are you going to say? Take them off. So a couple things to note of this interview. So he has been on record before this of saying like to, uh, I believe it was, was more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Um, And so he doubled down on that most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Um, But then in the same breath, in the same interview, he said that signing in Miami broke his heart. Now he, he was traded there, but it was because they were not going to be able to come to an agreement on a deal. So it does feel like he was semi a participant in that deal. Um, And the deal wasn't even up until the end of the season. So he loves Tua, but he's also heartbroken. Um, A a bit of a mixed signal. And I I mean, you've spent a lot more time with NFL players than I have. Do you think this is a happy marriage? I think he's on the hype train for Tua. And I think he is singing his praises until he has no voice left and maybe has to eat crow. Oh, I love Tua. I am. I am on the fence about Tua. He was drafted fifth. We had all these high hopes for him. He hasn't really shown us much of anything um, exciting in his two seasons. I have his stats right here. He's gone 13 and eight as a starter, 66.2 completion percentage. 15 interceptions. Um, and I understand it was a sticky situation he was in in Miami. Tyreek Hill certainly changes the offense and makes his job a lot easier. I'm not completely out on Tua, but I'm not ready to say that he's more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Right. But listen, mm. if Tyreek Hill is saying something great about you, like the mind does incredible things. So mm-hmm. maybe this is what Tua needs to get back to Tua level that we saw when right. he was at Alabama. Well, and at the end of July, beginning of August, all we have are is to go on is what players are saying. You know, so we're we're picking apart. I'm doing like the thing that everyone hates. Um, um, Tua really tugs at my heartstrings. So it's like I'm not a Dolphins fan. So I, I'm not saying I even love him as a quarterback. I hear those stats for the first two years, and I think they sound actually pretty good. Um, but I I'll always remember him. That photo of him sitting at midfield, just like after a game was over, and it, it yeah, he just 
he seems like a little sweetie pie. Um, I always remember the documentary on ESPN where they're interviewing his dad. His dad was like, yeah, if they did something wrong, like sometimes, you know, they would get hit. And I was like, (laughs) is this airing on television? What is going on? Hey, whatever. I mean, oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. That reminds me. This is I'm not going to give any specifics, but CJ was interviewing an athlete's grandpa and the grandpa kept talking about like, how his major struggle in life was having herpes. <laughs> it is like, a struggle. Multiple, but, uh, it times. Go away. multiple times. It was like, well, and you know, I had herpes. And so that was something we had to overcome as a family. <laughs> and it's like, sir, what? Um, okay. Now, close to your home, not your home now, but your your heart, your home. And I and I know you're not a Bears fan. There has been, and there's always talk about these Chicago teams moving. It happened with the Cubs. They were going to Rosemont, and that seems to be dead now. And now um, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, I cannot think of a worse job, um, has unveiled a plan for three options for construction of a dome over Soldier Field. Um, they would cost anywhere between $900 million and $2.2 billion. And this comes in response to the fact that the Bears organization basically bought where the Arlington racetrack is or like bought the claim to it. And Arlington racetrack, have you been? I'm guessing you've been. I have. I have been. Have you been drunk there? No, I've only gone as a kid. Oh, okay. Well, I was uh, in my 20s and I was drunk. Um, It's 30 miles outside of Chicago. It is, but Hallis Hall is all the way up north now in Chicago. And then Soldier Field is is um completely on the other side it's um, yeah. not south side but south loop of chicago yeah, south loop right on the water yes really it's a gorgeous spot it's a historic gorgeous. stadium but chicago really screwed this whole thing up because they did the renovation of the original soldier field i don't know early 2000s when i was yeah. a kid i remember driving past it and then suddenly one day it looked like a spaceship and you were like yes, what the what heck did said. they do and right next to Soldier Field is McCormick Center, where you can have big conventions. You can have all mm-hmm. these things. The car show. Yes. All these things right next to Soldier Field. So when you're doing this renovation, did it ever occur to anybody, wow, you know, this city, we could make a whole lot of money. if When we do this renovation, we put a dome and then we could use McCormick Center. It's right next to it. We could have Super Bowls. We could have concerts. Yeah. We could have big conventions. We could have all of these things. I mean, the Super Bowl would have been perfect. You could have all of the radio row and everything right in McCormick Center. And then, boom, walking distance, you're right at the stadium. It would have been fantastic. It's all on a dome. Would have been way better than Minnesota, just setup-wise. But they decided, no, we're not doing a dome. And then different things have happened um, with the Bears organization. And they decided to purchase all of this land in Arlington Heights. Now, the train, it's already left the station. It's gone. They are on their way to Arlington Heights. They are focusing on building their practice facility there. They're going to build the stadium there. They're going to do all of this. And as a last resort, Chicago's like, but wait, but wait, stay here. And it's like, listen, Chicago, you had your chance. You had well over a decade to do something about this. And you never did anything about this. And the Bears, they're leaving. And I think that they should. City of Chicago, you screwed up. Okay, wow. So 
we found something we disagree on. And I think the reason that they didn't dome it in the first place is because Chicagoans pride themselves on just being able to survive the most brutal winter in the country. It really is so insane, the length of it. I have been to a Bears game, a night game in November, and I remember being like, oh, it's going to be 20. Perfect. Like It was like, that's good news because it is right on the water, and so it's probably 10 to 20 degrees colder there than it is even, say, a mile inland. But I, I, I think if 20 years ago when they were doing this rebuild of what is a historic stadium, if they would have said we're doing a dome, I think the entire population would have scoffed and been like, absolutely not. We are, we are the baddest and we can handle it. And Lambeau Field is not a dome. And so I think they have some sort of like, we got to, we, you know, the rest of their division is the Lions and the Vikings dome inside. And they don't want to do that. And so I do understand that the organization wants to go that way, but I think Chicagoans themselves like kind of being out in the cold and proving that they can do it. Sure. And they have the whole term fair weather and all of that nonsense and whatnot. But I'm just thinking about from a revenue perspective from the city of Chicago, this opens doors to a lot of things that are completely off, off limits right now because of the dome. And I just think the way it's situated and as I mentioned with McCormick Center, it would make sense if you put a dome yeah. on it. But it's too late. It's too late. They had plenty of time. They could have went back and forth with the Bears, back and forth with the Hallis family. And they waited too long and they already made their purchase. So what do you think? Yeah. They're just going to resell this land that they spent millions of dollars on? Too late, Lightfoot. Sorry. Yeah, it's like $200 million. Um, I actually think the issue with Soldier Field is the public transportation. Like, Chicago is a city that has, I think, the best public transportation in the country. You know, And I obviously lived there and uh, have lived in New York and now Los Angeles, so the big three. And L.A. is in 75th place. And the L is so effective. And I, I always felt pretty safe. I'll knock on one. Um, but there's no way to get to Soldier Field. And and it's like it's a heavily drinking place and being able to get to Wrigley and what do they even call the cell now? Bank trust? Great field. Okay, sure. Being the G able to spot, get we can call the G spot. You can you take a train right to those front doors, and the fact that you can't with Soldier Field is is difficult. It's the same with the United Center too, though. Um, but I don't like this trend of stadiums moving outside of city centers. Like part of what I love about downtown Indianapolis is that Lucas Oil is right there. Um, what Banker's Life? I don't even know. They changed the name so much. Um, they're all downtown, and I just I I. And maybe it's just I'm an old woman and I like of reminiscing on my past of like, we're going to an event, we're going downtown and like going to a bull, bull uh, who are they? The bulls, the bears? Going bears. To a bears. In Arlington Heights? No, it don't, it doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. But I also think the dome thing, and I get it, the Chicago pride about, you know, we do tough winters and whatnot. It's like, yeah, well, you want free agencies to come to Chicago That's and the play? Issue. That's sorry, the issue. they ain't doing it here. It's they don't want not to play happen. that. No, and and so that's the. It's like yes, three hundred pound Chicago police officer, you can do it, but maybe this six one wide receiver doesn't want to do that. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, I'm with you. So no, we need the domes. Give us the domes. This gets back to our conversation earlier at the show. The life hack is to just move, and then summer never ends, or right. just. We fixed it. We fixed the problem. 
All right. What else do we have? Jimmy Garoppolo could be on the move. Well, he actually was already given permission to seek a trade. And now we wait to see how he does with his physical, but all the teams that are potentially interested in him, the Texans, Eddie's Giants, the Browns, the Seahawks. I think Jimmy, I see, I've seen all the pictures of him in the different jerseys. Don't think he looks great in the Seahawks jerseys. Think he would look fantastic. Mm and the Giants and the Texans and the Browns are questionable. So my front runner specifically, because I care what Jimmy Garoppolo looks like, I would yeah. like him to go to Eddie's Giants first and then uh, the Texans second. Um, I'll go Seahawks and then Browns. Oh, I don't want him to be on the Texans because then I have to like actively root against him and mm. it's been well documented that I'm hot for him. Um, I actually think he could pull off the Seahawks really great. And I think that Pacific Northwest, he sort of has that vibe. Um, in other news, Danny Amendola is retiring. Is this make you sad? I like Danny Amendola. Big fan. Okay. I was there in 2017 when he had his massive playoff run where they were calling him Danny Playoff Amendola on the AFC Championship game. The plays that he made were, were just clutch. I, I do like Danny, and I think that he is someone – who's just a classic Belichick wide receiver, mm -hmm. undrafted, mm -hmm. made a 13-year career out of it, um, from Texas Tech. Hey, he got a hot girlfriend for a while out of it when he was dating Olivia Culpo. That's but what I, I couldn't... I couldn't remember if it was him or Edelman who dated her, but um, yeah, she was on this model show that I watched one season, should have had more, um, and and he was heavily featured in it. Speaking of TV, switching just briefly before we leave to NCAA football, this is what I've been waiting for. Oh, man. A Manti Teo documentary is coming out next month. I cannot wait. I have listened to podcasts. I have read articles. I I still don't think we know exactly what happened. And I hope that we get to the bottom of it. I mean, this was really the story that launched catfishing as a concept in American pop culture. And we don't even know if it was a catfish entirely. When I was younger and this was going on, I kind of thought oh manti is stupid it's, it's on just to be frank that's what i thought like how yeah. could you fall in love with someone that you've never met but after watching the preview and doing a little bit more of my own digging i started to sympathize with him here's this football player who's famous on notre dame's campus about to go into his senior year he's fallen in love with this person whether it's online or in person doesn't matter he still feels those feelings they die he grieves their loss, dedicates his season to them, has an unbelievable season, is in the Heisman Trophy running, and he finds out this whole thing is not real. That would, that would fuck you up. If that's what happened. Okay. And that's what we have to think about. And that's what we'll be watching to find out. Also, Big Ten meetings are going on now. USC and UCLA, I don't know if we've talked about this, are joining the big 10 this is an interesting time for college football and notre dame as it relates to manti teo is sort of at the center of all of these conversations because we know what nil is doing we know the college football playoff could potentially be expanding to 16 teams so then you wonder 
you know, what do these conference championships really mean? What does this realignment really mean? You look at the TV deals, the Big Ten Network has been very successful. The SEC Network has been successful. Those two conferences have made more money than anybody else. So what happens to the rest? And then what happens to the independents like Notre Dame? Do Mm -hmm. they join a conference? Do they leave? What, What happens here? Yeah. So as a Southern California resident, I'm thrilled for UCLA and USC to be joining because it means the Purdue Boilermakers will be coming out here to play football and basketball and I'll get to see them in person. Won't even have to leave my zip code. So I'm very happy. And I also know at the same time, it makes absolutely no sense, but that's okay. It could be good for Big Ten football because Big Ten football is known for um, ground and pound, run the ball, three and out, punt, three and out, punt field goal i mean it's boring football but in the midwest we embrace it Mm -hmm. now that the west coast is joining they're more let's throw the ball around the field air it out style more exciting so maybe the influence of the west coast with the midwest we'll see some more exciting football in the big 10 Yes. Um, one exciting thing for me, I'm going to the Chicks concert tonight and I cannot wait. I have They not are seen... not, they've changed their name. They're no yes. longer the They dropped the Dixie. Yeah. Um, yep. and now they are just the Chicks and they did not steal the Chicks from a- another artist in <laughs> a la Lady A. Um, and so I'm so excited. I have not seen them since high school when I went with my dad. And I'm going with other sporty gal friends, Sarah Tiana and Rachel Benetta. We are the concert gal crew um, and our other friend, Caroline. She is not a sports fan, but we love her anyways. And I just, I got my nails specially done. I mean, wow. I cannot wait for them to drag Natalie Maine's ex in effigy. Oh, the girls are going to be rooting tonight. What are you wearing? Are you wearing country boots? Or what are you, so are I, you... I have a gorgeous pair of cowboy boots that a very famous comedian purchased for me in Austin. And so <sighs> I may be wearing those with like a flowy dress. Um, you know, I'm going to have to be out of my house for about six hours. And mm-hmm. so my boobs will leak. Um, and so I have to factor in what will not show when my um, breast milk starts to spill onto my clothes. Does that happen a lot? Yes. Yes, really? I, was in, I was in a Jimmy John's two weeks ago and I got out to my car and I realized I had a giant wet circle right here where Peyton Manning's jersey is. When does it happen? Just randomly? Just No, it happens milk? like if you, if you haven't expressed the milk in too long. My mom mentioned once like she was at a store after having me or my sister and like heard a baby cry and then... That's what my mom always says too. Yeah. Yeah. The leaks are real. So they have like little pads you can put in there. It's a mess. Nobody wants to hear this, but all that's to say, I'm going to see the chicks. Let's get, what's your favorite chick song? Wow. You know, I love this new album. I love Gaslighter. I think it's like such a fun, just like mm, song. I don't even know if I could pick a favorite, like, um, not ready to make nice is like, they were right in that Natalie Maines was so right in that whole situation. And what happened to them was so up that, um, I, yeah, they have a greatest hits album that my dad and I basically like wore into the ground that my mom was like, you guys have to stop listening to this. It's driving me <laughs> insane. I feel the way that you feel about the chicks about Cheryl Crow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's a babe. She's a bad oh, bitch. She's great. She's great. And breast cancer survivor. Hell yeah. And almost married Lance Armstrong. Thank God she didn't. Right. Um, 
so that's what I'll be doing. And I know this comes out tomorrow. So when, when you're listening to this, know that I'm probably tired slash maybe a little hungover. I, I just want to let everybody know that I'm a, on a hot streak with betting right now. It all started when Sal gave me two birthday bets. They both hit and I haven't lost since I turned 28. So this could be my year. I had a big win last night when I live bet the Phillies, a dramatic comeback. I have some money on the, um, I got a couple parlays in for the uh, Mets Yankees. So uh, please, you know, send me all your good vibes. I'm on a hot streak. Okay. Awesome. Um, and as football heats up, you know, it's my goal to become a degenerate gambler this football season. I'm going to be spending a week in September in Vegas. So going to be getting a million times like, yeah, oh boy. yeah. I'm going to be doing a week in September at Brad Garrett's comedy club at the MGM. And so mama's going to be betting. Oh, um, before I just one real quick. I know we're trying to wrap things up. The Vegas, I don't do as much sports betting because I like just doing that on the app, on, on the FanDuel app. And you can't, you have to go to the actual sports I know. book. I know. So I if you're there book, while yeah. you're working, it's not as easy to just put a couple of bets. Yeah. In, which I guess is probably better because you have to think more about the bet before you put it in instead of just do, 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 do. Press, I just love a sports book. What I do. I've had a lot of fun in sports books before. I, I've come around to Vegas. I'm a big Vegas person now. Go oh, see the yeah. show Absinthe. I've seen it. I love oh, it. I love, love it. it. So fun. Um, okay, so that has been Megan Fun of Sports. I'm telling you, a lot of shows, they're struggling in July. Not us. We got lots to talk about. So thank you for listening, and we will see you all next week. Megan, I hope you have safe travels and that you keep your mind. Nashville, baby. It's SummerSlam. Biggest party of the summer. See you all there. Bye.